1: Fearless and fair. She's an Emmy winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Meet, me,
2: Rita. Meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tell you. And you're
3: listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We have a powerful show tonight. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with Congressman Lee Zeldin. He has been fighting the mask mandates, not just in New York, but around the country. And big news coming in the last few hours because now a judge has come in and essentially put a stay on it. And Kathy Hochul, the governor, of course, of New York and others are reading that as it will continue to go forward. In other words, the mask mandate will continue. Um, although there are a number of schools that today showed up with kids without masks because they heard that last night there was a victory. So it is really, really confusing for parents. This is not just happening in New York, but it's happening all over the country. In fact, in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, uh, is already getting sued by a number of school districts who say that they want to enforce mandates there, despite him signing executive orders that they will be lifted. But it is getting really heated, and it's getting really contentious. And we're going to talk with Congressman Lee Zeldin in about 10 minutes to get his take, because he has been fighting against these mandates uh, that a lot of people just feel like enough. You know, and I want to get your thoughts on it, too. Is it science? Is it tyranny? Is it a battle for freedom? I mean, I feel like there are so many mixed messages that we're getting about cloth masks don't work. These other ones do. Kids don't need it. We know that on the Omicron that there have been not a lot of cases. Um, I think a lot of issues should also be up to parents. I think parents should be able to have a say, don't you? I mean, I think it's really, really crazy that it's sort of this one-size-fits-all And the mask mandate, by the way, in New York was supposed to expire in about a week. So Lee Zeldin and a lot of others are wondering, why is Kathy Hochul fighting this? Is she fighting it because maybe after it's about to expire, they're going to continue it for, what, another few weeks, another few months? Are we going to be an eternal mask mandate world in New York and across the country? I can't wait to get your thoughts on all of this. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You know, the other thing, too, tonight, my heart is definitely broken, as we heard the news, sadly, about the second officer who was involved um, when they went for that domestic, you know, fight that was taking place in Harlem on Friday night We now know that Officer Wilbert Mora, a four-year veteran of the NYPD, has passed away. He's succumbed to his injuries. Remember, he was shot in the head and has been fighting for his life since Friday night. And we got the very sad news today that he had succumbed to his injuries. And the head of the NYPD, Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell, came out and said it is with great sadness that she announces the passing a police officer Wilbert Mora saying that Wilbert is three times a hero for choosing a life of service, for sacrificing his life to protect others. And my heart just broke, you know, because, of course, we know that his partner, 22-year-old Jason Rivera, he joined the force in 2020. He passed away, remember, on Friday night soon after that shooting, that ambush, and now the second officer has died, and it is just so, so heartbreaking to hear um, this is, by the way, Pat Lynch, who is head of the one of the big, big unions here in New York. And this is what he had to say um, right after, remember, the shooting on Friday.
0: Our hearts are broken. We're in shock. Our knees are buckling. And we're angry because we've been here before. We're angry because we saw it coming. We're angry because we said it was going to happen, and it happened again.
3: And it happened again. He also implored the public to come on out for the first funeral, which has now been scheduled. This is for Jason Rivera. Wake on Thursday, a funeral Friday morning. And this is what Pat Lynch had to say about that.
0: We will stand patch to patch and bury our brother. We will bow our heads in sadness. But we need you to. The streets can't just be full of New York City police officers at this funeral. The public has to come. The public has to send a message to anyone that dares to harm a New York City police officer. Not now, not today, not to us. We're asking, we're humbly asking you to come out and help us.
3: Absolutely. And by the way, I hope that there is a sea, not just of men and women in blue at the funeral, but I hope that there are so many people from the public coming to show their support. And it's even more important than ever, because later on in the next hour, we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, Washington, D.C. This is outrageous. There was a police officer who was shot there. And soon afterwards, the head of the chapter comes out and basically says, You know what? We shouldn't be treating police officers as heroes, and we shouldn't be having these tear-jerker press conferences. How outrageous is this? You know, they put out a hashtag saying stop MPD, meaning the Metropolitan Police Department there in Washington, D.C. There should be a hashtag that says stop BLM. Because it is just so disgusting, it is so outrageous, and we're going to talk about these people who just have no appreciation for police. They don't understand that officers are responding to scenes, and most of the time they're responding to scenes of black-on-black crime, and they're going out there. And you hear the stories, particularly of these two young officers who now have lost their lives, Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. These were guys... You know, who came, you know, these were immigrants. These were guys who came who wanted to make a difference and their families, you know. And they said, listen, we want to help the community. These were the ones who wanted to serve as the bridge between the community. And then you got these nuts like Black Lives Matter who are just saying, well, you know, police are, are out to get people. It is so outrageous. It's so disgusting. And I want to hear your thoughts about this and what we should do about Black Lives Matter. By the way, it is more important than ever to have police officers, the last thing we want to do is talk about defunding the police, especially look at just what happened in the last few hours. By the way, another example in Bronx, in New York City, one person shot in the waiting room of a busy trauma center at a Bronx hospital, Jacoby Hospital. Uh, it's a big one. And right there in the waiting room, suddenly one guy comes up. He was actually going there to see a medical professional for a previous injury. And then the gunman, who was wearing all black, was also waiting to see a medical professional for a separate previous reason. Apparently, the two of these people get in some sort of argument. Apparently, they didn't even know each other. The next thing they know, apparently, they're looking at each other. Shots are fired, and the gunman fires four times at the victim. The guy is still on the run, as far as we know tonight. But here it is, a hospital emergency room. Can you imagine you're there? It was a scene of chaos and these kind of scenes are taking place all over America. And it is why we need to always back the blue, why it's important to always support our men and women in blue, and why it is so important to get a handle on crime right now. It is just nuts. You know, and it seems like this administration is much more focused on the mass mandates, much more focused on climate control. It's like they're barely not, barely talking about crime. And in some of the new polls that have come out, they have put basically inflation And also crime, both at about 80% of the public in terms of what their priorities are, right there at the top of the list. And then guess what? Voting reform, climate change, all these things are a lot further down on the list. This is not what the American public wants to talk about. They want to talk about safety. They want to talk about how they can afford products at the store. They want to know how their family's going to be safe. Going to an ER room right now, that's the worst thing you want to see, and this video that uh, that I saw online, it's unbelievable to see these people just scampering in a waiting room of a hospital. I mean, if that doesn't exemplify how crazy crime has gotten in so many of the major cities across the country, including New York, um, to me it's absolutely frightening and it is so important that we support our great men and women in blue. It's one 800 let us go to Tom in Nassau County. Tom, your thoughts. Go ahead.
4: Yes, I like to get this point out. Eric Adams is talking about putting all the inside cops out to the funeral. You know, I like to see AOC there. And I went to, I'm a retar- I went to a lot of funerals for cops uh, my whole career. That guy never went to one. And it's about, your station has to call this guy out. Stop treating him like you're waiting for him to do something good. He's going to do nothing. He's a bum and he's a racist.
3: Now, let me he's ask you, hang on, up. Tom, let me ask you on the AOC part, Do you would you want to see her there or do you think that she shouldn't be there because of some of her comments about defunding the police? You know, I mean, there's a couple like there's this, you know, this uh, councilwoman Richardson is like, oh, my God. I mean, she's come right out and said, hey, no funding for police. I don't know how I would feel if I saw her there at the funeral. I'd probably think, boy, what a hypocrite.
4: Right. Well, that's what's happening. This is what we have is our representatives and people keep voting for them. They do not like cops. None of them. Eric Adams, AOC, Joe Biden. People better wake up. This is not a joke anymore. These two guys are dead. No wife, no kid, nothing. They're all walking around. And another thing I want to start, people got to question these politicians. How do they all become millionaires?
3: Yeah, well, What's that's a big question. That is a That is obviously a huge, huge, big question. Um, Tom, thank you for the call. I always love hearing from you. And thank you also for your service, too. I know that you're a retired cop, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. When we come back, we are going to talk to someone who is a big supporter of the men and women in blue and also a big supporter against mandates for vaccinations and also mask mandates. Congressman Lee Zeldin is going to be joining us right after the break here on The Rita Cosby Show.
1: This is The Rita Cosby Show. There's something very dangerous in your home. It could be hiding in a closet or waiting in the basement. It's not sharp or toxic or flammable, yet it helps send more people to the trauma center than any other household item.
5: Hey, hon, do me a favor and uh, hold the ladder for me.
2: Uh, I have a better idea. Let's just call somebody to clean the gutters.
5: <sighs> to scoop out a few leaves? I'll be down in a
0: heartbeat.
2: Whoa! Ow. no! Uh.
5: Using
1: a ladder might seem easy. Misusing one is even easier. Ask any of the 150,000 people who fell off their ladders into the trauma center last year alone. Don't let a do-it-yourself project do yourself in. For tips on ladder safety, visit orthoinfo.org, a public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who want to keep your bones safe, strong, and
6: well-connected. The NLS Braille and Talking Book Program gives patrons the freedom to read their way, listen to their stories.
3: When I lost my sight, the only thing I had was reading. And it was like therapy to me. NLS has uh, pretty much anything you possibly want to read. just can't recommend it enough. It's a free service. It's amazing how much you can get.
2: I have used every means there is, I think, of getting access to the National Library Service books.
3: If you want to read in electronic Braille, you can. If you want to read on your phone, you can. If you want to read in hard print, you can.
2: Everybody
0: can read the way they want to read using this program, and it's a
6: program worth looking into. For more information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov slash thatallmayread or call 1-888-NLS-READ.
2: When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can't always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know downtown. Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk. So much brighter there. You can't forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. So go downtown. Things will be great when you're downtown. No finer place for sure. Downtown. Troubles forget all your cares. so go down. T-
1: Cosby Show
3: and this is the Rita Cosby Show. Just literally a few hours ago tonight, an appellate judge came down and essentially stayed a ruling that took place last night by a Nassau County New York judge. That said that the mask mandate was illegal and unconstitutional, basically putting a stay on that. New York Governor Kathy Hochul saying she's going to continue to fight for this mandate in court, but she's going to hit a lot of bumps, including ones led by our next guest, New York Congressman Lee Zeldin, who was part of the team leading the fight against these mandates. Um, Congressman, great to have you here.
6: Great to be with you.
3: Oh, great. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I want to ask you, Congressman, what's your reaction to this new decision that just came down by now another judge saying they're going to stay the previous decision? Where does this fight go? Because so many people are so passionate.
6: So many people are so passionate. And you have multiple fronts here. One is you have this great... New York Supreme Court judge ruling yesterday saying that it's unconstitutional and illegal, this statewide mask mandate. But here's another thing. I was just driving in the car a couple days ago, and I was listening to a public service announcement from one of our experts uh, with uh, the with medical research field telling all listeners driving in their car that the CDC is now recommending not to use cloth masks. So... You have a statewide mask mandate. You have two-year-olds in masks. You're two years into the pandemic. You have all sorts of people around the state who are up in arms. You have a judge saying it's unconstitutional and illegal. And with all the other problems facing our state right now, we we have two NYPD officers who we have to bury. And and cashless bail needs to be repealed. And and the cost of living that's choking people out of the state, leading the whole country in population loss. You want to put all of your bandwidth that should be spent elsewhere, fixing all sorts of problems I just mentioned and many others, and instead be trying to force that two year old to still wear that cloth mask that the CDC is recommending they don't wear.
3: Yeah, it and is. See, it does it. seem ludicrous. I agree. And 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 the fight, especially as you're talking about, um, do you believe this is sort of obviously a personal liberties issue, that this is a freedom of choice issue?
6: parents should be deciding whether or not their son or daughters are in masks and and this issue isn't just about the statewide mask mandate for school it's it's all over and it's also about governments circumventing the legislature and a governor thinking that they're ruling some empire with unlimited power power they know best and they could do whatever they want you know, one branch of government controlling everything. This is New York State in the United States of America. This isn't some other country somewhere else. So there are multiple issues here. There's a freedom and liberty. There's about you know, a, a, our constitution and, and balance of power, checks and balances. Uh, and then it's also about actually following the science, following all of it, not just a part of it that is uh, convenient for your political calculation and your the selfish narrative that your political consultants want you to focus on and ignore the rest of the signs.
3: You know, everybody, we're talking to New York Congressman Lee Zeldin. You know, Congressman, people are going, well, what do I do? First parents get this message of like, okay, and a lot of them sent their kids today without masks to schools because they heard that the first judge ruling, now this other one. What do you say to confuse parents?
6: Well, we need to fight now. We need to mobilize, be active, advocate passionately for our kids, for our freedoms, for our rights. But at the end of the day, keep in mind that November 8, 2022, Kathy Hochul's name is going to be on the ballot. I'm looking forward to defeating her at the ballot box. We have an opportunity this time next year, if you want to talk about January, 2023, I, as governor, on day one, I'd get rid of all COVID vaccine and mask mandates. We need to repeal cashless bail in the state and support our law enforcement more, not less. There is, you know, Alvin Bragg, who's the Manhattan DA, refusing to enforce the law, on day one, I'd pursue removing the guy, which is within the constitutional powers of the New York state governor. So you know, when you're talking about that person who's listening – Right now, they want to know what to do. Part of this fight is right in front of you as you think about what to do in the days and the weeks to come. And you have to advocate. I'll give you one other aspect of what's right in front of us is that the state legislature might be considering bills like, for example, requiring all kids to receive the COVID vaccine in order to attend school in the fall. You need to go talk to uh, your state senator, state assemblyman. Let them know where you stand on these issues. Mobilize with other parents. Uh, make sure your voices are heard. Be active in social media, but also don't lose focus of what's coming this November eighth. What it means as far as what kind of a government you want January of twenty twenty
3: three. Yeah, I agree absolutely. And um, by the way, um, Lee, will you stick around? I want to have you talk a little bit more about crime when you come back. Will you do that? It's um, will you hang? Can you hang around for a little bit? We're going to take a quick sure, break can. and continue with Congressman Lee Zeldin after the break.
1: Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
3: And you know that every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, we honor our great men and women in blue. And of course, tonight so sad that we're hearing about the NYPD officer, the second one now, who has died. He has succumbed to his injuries in that Harlem shooting that took place on Friday night. And 77 WABC listeners, following the fatal shooting of the NYPD officers, Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora, it is more important than ever to show our police the support and the respect that they deserve. So this Friday, 77 WABC is asking all Americans to stand and take a moment of silence for one minute at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to honor true heroes police officers Jason Rivera and police officer Wilbert Mora. You can also show your support for our officers Rivera and officers Mora and their families, friends, and all police personnel by heading over to wabcradio.com slash pin. That's wabcradio.com slash pin to get a free 77 wabc Back the blue pin. Now, once you get the pin, take a selfie and post it onto your social media with the hashtag 77WABCBTB. That's 77WABCBTB to put in the hashtag and let the world know that you back the blue. That's wabcradio.com slash pin for a free 77 WABC Back the Blue pin. And join 77 WABC in showing your support for our great men and women in blue. And it is always so important to support them, especially as we have just learned as we were talking about the news of the second officer sadly passing away, 27-year-old Wilbert Moore. And there was a sea of men and women in blue as he was being led out of the hospital. Sadly, his body being taken up from the hospital today to the funeral home, um, just heartbreaking because he was shot in the head on Friday night and succumbed to his injuries just a few hours ago. And I want to continue now with, Lee Zeldin, Congressman Lee Zeldin. And, Lee, um, I want to get your reaction as to what we should do um, in terms of fighting crime and, and this ambush and this disrespect of police officers. I'm so glad that we're such big supporters of our men and women in blue. I know you are, Congressman, too, so much. But we have to do something so people don't have these brazen ambush attacks And we can reduce crime in general, too. What are your thoughts? Because I know you're running for governor, too, and it's such an important issue.
6: We need to support law enforcement more, not less. I was raised in a law enforcement household. I have found that almost 100 percent of law enforcement is made up of amazing, dedicated, selfless men and women. They deserve our support. Uh, Up in Albany, we should pass a law enforcement Bill of Rights, recognize their inherent right of self-defense, make sure they have all the tools and resources they need to do their job safely and effectively, make sure they're not unfairly targeted by investigations, repeal cashless bail, and stop releasing criminals out of prison early. Uh, the governor signed this bill called less is more. I mean, it really should be called less is moronic. And when she did it, she released 191 people from Rikers Island and a whole bunch of people went right back to immediately reoffending. Be honest with reality here. Organized retail crime is actually taking place. You have people like AOC and her friends in denial about it. That's a problem. Uh, We need to ensure that district attorneys are enforcing the law. When you have a district attorney like Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, they need to be removed. I would, on day one as governor of New York, use my constitutional power to seek removal of Alvin Bragg. Something else that's really interesting, uh, I noticed yesterday New York City Mayor Eric Adams uh, came out with some ideas for reforms, one one of which was giving judges the discretion to weigh dangerousness. Uh, when determining bail and the way that the vitriolic reaction of elected Democrats in his own party going after the mayor publicly on social media really tells you where the Democratic Party is I think it's important up in Albany that we not only elect a Republican governor that we not only elect a pro-law enforcement governor but we have to break the supermajority in the Assembly and the Senate Now, we had outsized power of self-described socialists or anti-law enforcement. They fight for criminals rather than fighting for law-abiding citizens. We need to make sure that the handcuffs are going on the criminals and not judges, not on law enforcement, not on the law-abiding New Yorkers who want control and deserve control and have a right to control over their streets. This is all just some of the simple many opportunities that are in front of us right now, today, in order to set things right. But unfortunately, the one party rule we have at every level of government, they're going in the opposite direction. So we New Yorkers have to take charge to get control of our streets. We're going to have to fire those who are in power right now doing the wrong thing.
3: You know, and uh, Congressman Zeldin, I want to have your reaction to this comment from Eric Adams, because there seems to be, and listen, I applaud just as you said, he's definitely tougher by far than de Blasio. Um, and he's already getting pushed back from some in his own party. But a lot of his focus, it seems to be, and we're hearing it all the way in Washington too, is on guns. It's all guns, guns, guns. And I do think, listen, it's important to get illegal guns off the streets. But I tell everybody, you got to get gun control, but you also got to get thug control. You, More importantly, you got to make sure that somebody, it's, it's the person who's pulling the gun um, also. You know, you want to get illegals. You don't want to get, you know, guns that are running rampant and, and into the wrong hands. But you also need to make sure, as you're talking about, it's this punishment. Are they missing the mark and priorities? Here's a little bit. This is Eric Adams, and I want to get you to react, Congressman. Here's Eric Adams.
0: How are we removing thousands of guns off the street? And they still find their way into New York City. Mm-hmm. In the hands of people who are killers.
3: What are your thoughts about that? Is there, Is there... A wrong focus on guns, 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 at the expense of not, like you said, throwing the book at the criminals too.
6: Everything that that I was just talking about of what needed to get done, that stuff needs to get done. Now, if you want to talk about a, an illegal gun used to commit a crime, it's not that there is a need for a new law. You're saying that the gun is illegal, so w- why? Is it illegal? What crime already on the book was broken? And what aren't you doing to enforce the law? And what we're finding, I mean, we're just talking about the Manhattan District Attorney refusing to enforce all different kinds of laws. What we have found, I'm in my fourth term right now in Congress. I, I keep finding members of Congress on the other side of the aisle who want to enact new gun control bills. They want to pass a new law And they're never willing to talk about coming to reality about the point that you have all these attempted illegal purchases of firearms where the system works and then it doesn't get prosecuted. I want law-abiding citizens to be able to exercise their Second Amendment self-defense right to be able to protect them and their families. They want to have a firearm for the purpose of safe, secure carry and self-defense they have a constitutional right to do it, and, the, and that constitutional amendment says shall not be infringed. That's not my concern. The concern are the criminals who aren't looking to have a firearm for safe and secure reasons, and are looking to do bad things uh, with it. And the system is not working. We're not going after where the, you know that attempted illegal purchase of a firearm is getting caught. And then we're not prosecuting it, and it's uh, and it's but,
3: also those repeat offenders. It's a the revolving door, Congressman Zeldin.
6: Yeah, and you know we, we can have a conversation about what you and I are talking about right now. I'll have that with any of my colleagues on either side of the aisle, conservative, moderate, liberal. I don't care, and we could debate it when necessary as well. But don't think this is my biggest concern about how you know this illegal gun conversation is going. There are t- they're, they're people on the other side of the aisle who are trying to have this conversation because they don't want to talk about anything else. That's so incredibly dishonest. It's not helping to resolve the issue that we're actually facing right now. They don't want to talk about repealing cashless bail, so they just want to talk about guns. They don't want to talk about Kathy Hochul's pathetically silent on Alvin Bragg and the memo to not force all sorts of laws and to downgrade all sorts of other laws on top of it. So instead of having to talk about it, she just wants to talk about guns. You know, we are, you know, conservatives are willing to have a conversation about any topic that you and I are talking about right now, but but don't come at us with the attitude that nothing else about what I mentioned of the, you know, the 10 to 15 different areas that need to be tackled. We, we, you know, there's no bandwidth, there's no oxygen left to talk about any of that because all we have to talk about is, is guns. It's just not going to work. The the, the New Yorkers are smart enough. They realize the consequences of cashless bail and releasing these prisoners early and not backing up our men and women in blue. They know about all these other contributing factors that are, Massive reasons why public safety is going in the wrong direction. And you and I didn't even start to talk about anti-Asian hate and anti-Semitic violence, violence on our streets, targeting people because of their religion, targeting people because of their ethnicity. I mean, you and I could just keep going on and on on all sorts of topics that are not about guns.
3: No, I agree, and and look, some of the subway pushing as you're talking about, and some of these other things, and it has to be a comprehensive, all hands on deck. Yeah, what what um, does
6: that have to do with guns? You know, right. like you're pushing people into, you know, the the subway left and right. We keep hearing these stories every single day, and Kathy Hochul. I just want to talk about guns.
3: Right. It's a one-trick pony, and it has to be a comprehensive 1,000%. I agree with you, Congressman Lee Zeldin. Um, Congressman, um, good luck with your campaign. you got to come back on again here soon. We always love having you here on the show. You know that.
6: Always. You're the best. Take Thank care. Thank
3: you so much. Congressman Lee Zeldin um, obviously wants to get tough on crime, and you heard what he said. He said he would remove Alvin Bragg as the DA on day one. I say bravo, bravo, bravo to that. I'll be right there with him because this guy right now at this time is the worst person to have as a DA in New York City. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to Steve in Jersey City. Steve, your thoughts about all this.
7: Uh, good evening, Rita. I enjoy your show greatly. Number one. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Number one, about a dozen of us are going over to New York City mo- uh, Friday morning uh, to St. Pat's for the funeral. Um, Oh, that's
3: beautiful. For uh, Jason Rivera, how wonderful.
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. Number two, this Mayor Adams, he's a bum. He's a bum. He will do nothing for the city. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, why.
3: Yeah, why? No, we just also, by the way, we were just talking, as you heard, with Congressman Lee Zeldin, and he pointed out, and, and there have been even some Democrats that are not happy that feel like Eric Adams is getting a little too, you know, too tough, if you will. Um, you know, and, and all, he's not even going talk. as far as I would go if I were mayor, believe me.
7: It's all talk. He's going to, at best, he'll be the Blasio light. He's going to make Dinkins look like Giuliani. And number three...
3: By the way, I hope you're wrong, because that's a sad place I for the too. city to be.
7: I do, too. I swear I do. Number three, I hate BLM, and I hate anti Antifa's guts. If I ever got a hold of one of those little punk asses, I would cut short their little trip through time and space.
3: By the way, you know now, need. by the way, Steve, as you bring up BLM, and we're going to talk about this coming up, too, um, but BLM, you know that they had a meeting with Eric Adams soon after he became mayor, and... They were not happy with the meeting. You know, to Eric Adams' defense, Eric Adams said, I'm going to bring back the plainclothes unit, even though, by the way, what he did bring back, I call it plainclothes unit light, because... They're really not plain clothes. They're actually, they're going to be plain clothes, but they're going to have a body cam. They're going to have a, um, wear their badge. That's not plain clothes to me. That's like just being semi discreet. You know, I consider plain clothes. The guys are totally undercover. You don't know that it's a police officer until they're just about to put your cuffs on, you know? Uh, I mean, here they've got the body cam. They got the ID, but when he met with the head of Black Lives Matter, the guy in New York afterwards, he basically said to go stuff it we're going to start this black you know this hand you know this plain clothes unit and the guy wasn't happy so he is taking on black lives matter a little bit don't you give him credit for that steve or no
7: i hope so you know i just i'm just not buying his rhetoric i'm just not buying it
3: well but, to your point I, I let's see if, let's see if he walks the walk if it's not just talk But he also has to get tough with Alvin Bragg, and I haven't heard that yet. And I hope that that is coming because unless you can turn that part around, how are you going to break this cycle? We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. And, Steve, by the way, I'm so glad that you are going to the funeral on Friday. And I hope more people out there listening are going to the funeral for Jason Rivera. You just heard from Pat Lynch saying he hopes that it is full and packed with citizens, not just law enforcement. We have to show our support for our men and women in blue. We're going to continue with your calls here on The Rita Cosby Show, 1-800-848-9222.
1: Rita Cosby is on.
3: And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Sadly, crime and attacks against law enforcement are not just happening in New York. They're happening around the country, Um, including in Harris County, Texas, where a deputy was killed just recently doing basically what they thought was a fairly routine stop. And the Harris County, Texas, constable Ted Heap had this to say because he said, listen, not only is there a problem with, first of all, getting these guys But then once you get them, a lot of these repeat offenders, it's just this revolving door that we were just talking about with Lee Zeldin. And the fact that you have soft on crime DAs and judges, uh, I'm talking about Alvin Bragg. I'm talking about that crazy loony kazoo in San Francisco. And I think the worst of the worst, Gascon in L.A. And then you got Philly. But this is what the Harris County, Texas guy had to say about the situation that law enforcement faces and that citizens face dealing with crime.
5: But, you know, it's not only the district attorney. This is like a three-legged stool. You know, you have law enforcement, you have the district attorney, and then you have the judges. Um, when these uh, offenders are being charged and then they're being let out on a $100 bond and they're back on the streets before we can even get back on the streets, that's the problem. So it has to be a, a, something that comes in from all different uh, you know angles for us to be effective on here. Bond reform is one thing, but we're making this impossible to be able to keep our public safe.
3: Thousand percent. One thousand percent. And unless we can go after these horrible repeat offenders, you can sit and talk about guns, guns, guns all you want, Democrats. And we don't want guns, obviously, in hands of people that illegally have them. But law abiding citizens should be allowed to, especially in this climate where some of them want it more than others just to protect their businesses. When you got Democrats who aren't even condemning rioters, don't you think businesses maybe should be a little concerned 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati, Ohio. Go ahead, Alice, your thoughts about this.
8: Hi, Rita, Timely Show. Uh, everything is relative. We have problems with crime here. Past two years, uh,
3: hundred over 100 homicides. Now, what do you attribute uh, that to, Alice? What do you What do you blame that on?
8: The elephant in the living room is George Soros. We have two judges who were elected. They were funded by George Soros, and and their effect we we see their effect. Criminals walk. Our current mayor ran for Hamilton County Prosecutor a couple of years ago. He was funded by George Soros.
3: Uh, and and, and, and by the, the way, the- by the way, Alvin mm-hmm. Bragg in New York, Alice, yeah. one million okay. bucks. Gascon, a million bucks. Same uh, thing.
8: Right, and that mayor. That our current mayor, uh, ran against, he ran against the, uh, the prosecutor. Prosecutor barely won. He's good. He's good. He has only lost one case in all the years he's been prosecutor. Now, this mayor, uh, his funding for his campaign was blurred.
3: Now let me ask you: When you you know you talk mm-hmm. about the George Soros pipeline, which seems to be the connector, and that and it's big money, you know, in these races, when suddenly puts in a million bucks, do people out there call him out? Are there people who go enough? Don't buy these elections on these softened crime guys? Is there a message that people are saying finally?
8: Yes, people are beginning to complain, but this is a very conservative town. I don't mean that uh, politically, but it's conservative. They're really afraid to speak up. They are beginning to, though.
3: I'm happy to hear that. Alice, thank you. That was a great call there from Cincinnati, Ohio, calling here into the Rita Cosby Show. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about crime. George Soros, the guy behind pulling the strings on a lot of these people in the pocketbooks for sure. And BLM outrageously saying that cops shouldn't be considered heroes. I want your thoughts on Black Lives Matter. I'll tell you mine.
1: Feisty, fearless, and fair, she's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is
2: Because your sweet since when I saw you down on the floor.
3: How dare Black Lives Matter? actually go after police officers at a time right now where officers are under siege. And so much of it is this defund the police rhetoric. A lot of it, as we were talking about, also the sort of Soros-funded soft-on-crime DAs across the country – And to me, Black Lives Matter doesn't seem to care about black lives because if they really did when there were shootings that were taking place, whether it's in New York or Chicago or Philly or Washington, wherever it is, why don't they go to those communities and help those communities, help to rebuild the communities? Why don't they condemn those who were rioting in the streets of New York, you know, burning buildings, looting all over the country? They didn't say anything then. But they had the audacity to make some recent claims after a shooting in Washington, D.C. And to me, it is outrageous at such a time right now where police officers are absolutely under siege. The numbers of ambushed officers is more than 100 percent compared to prior years because officers right now. Feel that they are not respected. You look at the community. They don't respect them. They're throwing water at them. They're throwing bricks at them. They're shooting at them, as we know, has happened here in Harlem. And sadly, now that second officer has died. This is Pat Lynch, who represents one of the big unions, talking about just the frustration that he has of these attacks on police across the country.
0: You know, as we ran into this hospital today, you don't know what to expect. And there were hundreds of police officers running down the street, dropping their cars on the corner, running to this hospital. They're running to this hospital because they just carried two brothers out of a a hallway into this hospital to try to save their lives. Hundreds and hundreds of police officers are standing here today because their hearts tell them they have to be here because they feel like they're alone. We got to end that here today.
3: We have to end it here today. So I think we got to get tough on Black Lives Matter because there are shootings across the country. Sadly, it is not unique to New York. It's happening everywhere, including in Harris County, Texas, where a deputy was shot in the last 24 hours, killed on a routine traffic stop. There is no routine traffic stop for officers. Every time that they go up, they don't know if it's going to be their last Uh, I've talked about two friends of mine who were killed, executed when I was a reporter and a host in Charlotte, North Carolina. I remember getting the word right before I had to go on air that the two officers that were my friends were executed um, in a community where they were trying to help and they were trying to save. And they were on what they thought was a routine traffic stop. The guy got their gun. Got one of the cops gun, executed one of them, and then executed the other. These were two young cops who were there, loved their communities, and I got to know them well. And I was heartbroken, and I am heartbroken whenever I see that a law enforcement officer has been killed anywhere across the country because they're heroes. we got to support them. And this is the Harris County, Texas constable talking about the loss of his deputy and why it is so important to support law enforcement now, not just for us, but for the future.
5: I know I don't want to raise my children and I don't want to raise my grandchildren in a community that does not have an effective law enforcement presence. And it's getting very, very difficult to be able to bring in young officers who want to do this job.
3: It is getting difficult. Who wants to be a cop right now when you are facing just unbelievable onslaught? You're not getting paid a lot. You don't know what's going to happen when you walk down the hallway of a house in Harlem or whether you're doing a routine traffic stop in Texas. And now to add salt to the wound, our comments coming from Black Lives Matter D.C. Black Lives Matter, this is the chapter in Washington, D.C., and these are the guys who were walking down the street in New York saying pigs in a blanket, fry am like bacon. A lot of them were out there when the looting and the rioting were taking place in the streets of New York and the streets of America. And Black Lives Matter, Washington, D.C. chapter, after there was a shooting of a deputy that took place recently on Sunday night in northwest D.C., the suspect still at large after opening fire on officers on a street there in the Petworth neighborhood. Well, one of the officers suffered injuries after being shot and was taken to the hospital. So what does Black Lives Matter do? They take this opportunity to promote a hashtag online, hashtag stop MPD, Metropolitan Police Department campaign, and warn against the spread of copaganda is what they called it. Can you believe it? Not propaganda, copaganda, anti-police. They said, this is the point that we've been waiting on for months, they tweeted. Look at their reaction and coverage tonight Tear-jerker press conferences and proclamations of heroes coming soon. Imagine if people knew these folks' names. Being black in D.C. is more dangerous than any job. How outrageous and how ridiculous is Black Lives Matter? And this is par for the course because, remember, Hawk Newsom, this, this is the guy in New York here. This is what he had to say, remember, when he wasn't getting his way uh, not too long ago. Take a listen.
0: They think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing that we are going to take to the streets again. There will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed.
3: How outrageous. That was after his meeting with Eric Adams when he found out that Eric Adams was going to bring back some form of the plainclothes police unit. So what do we need to do to shut down Black Lives Matter. Because, again, I think if they really cared about black lives, they would be in these communities. They would try to raise money. They would try to raise awareness. They would try to help them get jobs, do things to keep them safe and to protect them. And because so much of the crime in America is black-on-black crime, they should be applauding police officers for helping those communities. It is so important to target locations where crime is escalating. And guess what? High black on black crime. So you got a young cop who's coming into the scene trying to protect those communities. And if you look at recent polls, there are a lot of cases where now in some of the recent polls, many people have said, yeah, they would like more officers. It's the sort of limited fringe groups like BLM and like a number of members of Congress who continue to push this sort of defund the police message, this police are racist message. And sadly, our vice president has also made a number of comments, too. Remember, she was also saying, you know, that police are basically racist. That feeds into this whole Black Lives you know, Matter narrative. She also feeds into the fact that she was paying part of the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was releasing some of the rioters. That whole cycle. So we just have to say enough to Black Lives Matter and shut them down. And good people need to come out and say they don't represent black lives. And I think a lot of African-American groups need to come out and say they don't need to, the representation of Black Lives Matter. Like, who are these people? Do they feel insignificant now that they've sort of been cast, pushed away a little bit, that they're trying to raise headlines and trying to create a buzz? What is the objective of Black Lives Matter if an African-American mayor, the second one in New York City, who gets elected and within days they meet with him, they, he gives them an audience and they don't like what they hear and then they say they're going to burn the streets down? And then a cop is shot in Washington, D.C., and they say, oh, we should stop this sort of hero worship of cops. I mean, these people, it's their way or no way. These people are really trying to draw a line in the sand, and it is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 um, Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jimmy, your thoughts.
9: Yes, the Democrats are complaining about guns, but remember, it was Obama, Hillary, and Biden who sold some of our uranium, which is more powerful than guns and bullets, sold it to Russia. Also, missile technology transferred to Russia by Biden, Obama, and Hillary. Also, Obama, Hillary, Biden... Now, Jimmy, stay focused.
3: Jimmy, stay focused, because I know what you're talking about, Peter Schweitzer and all that stuff that Peter has said in his book and from his research. I've had him on. Um, I've known Peter a long time. but, But what about crime? Stay focused black lives matter
9: but but this is all the same limit. no no
3: hang on hang on I just want okay, we have a limited lives time matter go black, right to black, it
9: black lives matter is a communist group trying to agitate blacks and others to rise up and make revolution the police stand in their way they love the police in Cuba and China this is a communist movement when Biden and them sent high-powered weapons to the Mexican drug cartels they arm the terrorists. they arm the the revolutionaries, they arm the drug cartels, but they're worried about the American people having guns. But if you promote crime, that's a way to make a movement to take away our guns. They're agitating for the blacks to rise up. This has been going on in this country for a 100 years. If the blacks ever realized or found out how they were being manipulated, they would grow to be the biggest, strongest anti-communist in this country. And that could be done if we get the information to them. I could document it from Soviet publications. Well, and and by the way, by the way,
3: you're right. There is this kind of ultra left-leaning philosophy that's entrenched clearly with them and clearly an anti, you know, police, um, you know. And it's like there's nothing that can satiate them. I mean, the fact that they came out even in New York and this Hawk Newsome guy – you know, condemning Eric Adams after he has a conversation with him and says, the city's going to burn if I don't get my way. I mean, it's outrageous. Jimmy, thank you very much. Um, Let's go to Carlos and Yonkers. Carlos, your thoughts. Go ahead.
10: Hello, Rita. I've called the show before uh, as a police officer and also a Dominican-American, like these two officers, we have friends in common. I feel heartbroken. And at the same time, I feel disgusted by these politicians they say cops are heroes, but their actions say otherwise. These are the same people. They support all these Black Lives Matter points, like defunding the police, getting rid of a qualified immunity, making the police the scapegoat for most of societal problems, not talking about parental accountability, homes where there are no fathers and many other things. And what are these politicians doing? Look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She she hasn't even tweeted about this. She's been busy tweeting about abuses from the Israelis to the Palestinian over the weekends.
3: And you, and, and you know what, Carlos, too? You know who I also thought about was New York City Council member Kristen Richardson Jordan. This woman basically said the biggest gang. And this was in early January of this year. The biggest gang in America are the police. Right. So so that's her rhetoric. Then she did make a comment after the officers passed away saying our thoughts and prayers are with the family. But, you know, within what, what was it, like a week or two earlier, she's putting out this horrible anti-police rhetoric. You know, I think the hypocrisy is disgusting. You know, it's like a, like what it's it's politically correct to say something now. But when it really mattered even beforehand, you didn't you know, you're calling them gangs like which one is it to me? That that whole like hypocritical, and it'll be interesting to see, Carlos, who shows up also at the funeral and at the wake. Will they show up? And and you know, and, and will this councilwoman show up? Who basically said police are the biggest gangs in the in the country, you know, and that kind of rhetoric. You know better than anybody as a law enforcement person. That fuels the flames, don't you think? Real quick, Carlos.
10: Well, I know at the inside, like there's a person called Robert. Jackson, who's the senator that represents Washington Heights and Inwood. And this is the guy who also sponsored, like, bail reform and things like that. On Saturday, on the Daily News, which used to be a respected newspaper, he wrote a column wanting to end qualifying immunity for all police officers in new york state
2: so this saturday he wrote it this saturday
10: saturday disgusting saturday in the daily news and that's just awful so people like that who supposedly represent the community and they basically make the cops the scapegoat for the community's problems that's the big lie i mean joseph gobers used to say if you tell a lie Big enough, long enough, often enough, the people will believe it. And the lie is that the police are the enemy instead of the guardians of society, instead of the people who keep people safe and secure and protected.
3: No, I agree. That is disgusting. And I'm glad that you're calling him out, too. Uh, Robert Jackson, you said, so thank you. I'm glad that you brought it up. Carlos, thank you. And thank you for your service. We're going to continue with your calls about the hypocrisy of many democrats and someone saying wave qualified immunity basically put police in trouble and in danger of potential lawsuits and that's appropriate the day after two officers are shot how outrageous 1-800-848-9222 and then you got blm how dare they say police basically aren't heroes don't hero worship don't get involved in copaganda boy are they shameful
1: Rita Cosby is on.
3: And we are talking about some of these outrageous comments made by Black Lives Matter after a shooting of a D.C. police officer basically saying, you know what? Stop the reaction in the tear tearjerker press conferences. these guys aren't heroes. They are just disgusting. Here is Hawk Newsom. This is the New York Black Lives Matter guy after he had a meeting with Eric Adams and wasn't happy that Adams was talking about bringing back the plainclothes police unit. Take her listen.
0: In the interest of blackness, politics is black folk. We should be able to get some stuff done. For our people here and mm-hmm. we'll get you away from the police,
3: they ain't no good for us. And the police are no good for us, there's no gray with these nuts. And this is the sister of the Black Lives Matter New York guy.
11: If you actually give them a better and following education mm-hmm. where they can compete and get into a college, and regardless of the standardized test. That's a policy issue. That's a government
2: and, issue. But let me share the this, reason, no, let me share this finished, with you. Let me, let me share this I,
12: with
0: you. I, I, because I'm But you need to be corrected. No. You need to be corrected. I, actually, I don't need You need to be, need to be corrected, but based no, on what you're, what you're
11: this saying. This sounds like a real GOP thing,
3: because I know some of your views are kind of conservative. Wow. No negotiating with these people. They don't want to hear about jobs. That's a policy issue. They just want to hear get rid of the police. It's disgusting. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Maria in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Maria. Your thoughts.
11: Rita, first of all, your Constitution gives you right to assemble and protest. That does not give you right to uh, protest and agitate violence in our communities. Number two, the two biggest um, political, I don't want to say anything worse, but lackeys, um, for lack of a better word for inward, are called Adriano Espaillat and Iranis Rodriguez, two Dominicans who have sold their souls to these liberal, democratic... They haven't done nothing for their community.
3: And and by the way, Maria, Yedonis Rodriguez was one of the guys who was pushing the 800,000... He was
11: marching. ...non-citizens. No,
3: I'm talking about the non-citizens voting. He's... He's,
11: Yeah. Yep. And third, Rita, with all due respect, because I'm sure she's hurting that mother of the murderer, who is a law enforcement person. I understand she's a correction officer... I would like to know, how is it that these two young police officers walked into a trap and she or whoever, I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm incensed, I'm furious, how she, it was law enforcement and she, and this thing happened that these officers walked in basically to be ambushed. Yeah, and, and Maria, Maria. by the way, asking.
3: Maria, I hear you, um, and you're right, I have wondered... It does not sound like she gave them the information that her son had a propensity for guns. Sounds like she didn't know if he had it then, but he's clearly had a history of violence. And you're right. She should have said something. We're going to continue talking about Black Lives Matter and what to do to protect our police.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
3: And in tonight's support, our hero segment where we honor veterans, The nonprofit Veterans Last Patrol recently celebrated the military service of four local World War II veterans, and it happened in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Each veteran received a special gift at the ceremony held at an event hall in Spartanburg to honor their service. The American Legion, South Carolina, presented a certificate of honor and a challenge coin also to each of the veterans. And the owner of Dream Team Development Group, Barney Díamos actually traveled all the way from California to Spartanburg, South Carolina, to personally present each veteran with a shadow box displaying their medals for service. Mr. Díamos has a passion for making sure that World War II veterans are particularly recognized. He says these men left their home, their family, and country to protect us against two very evil regimes. Having their medals displayed isn't something. For them to have, but it's something that they should be handed down to generations to remember how brave and how giving this greatest generation was in defending our country and beautifully said about the sacrifice of our veterans. I also think about the sacrifice of our police officers, because They are getting hammered in so many different directions. First, of course, the tragedy that took place here in New York on Friday. Again, today, the second officer, Wilbert Moore, a 27-year-old, four-year veteran of the NYPD, succumbed to his injuries. He was shot in the head. Um, Now it is two officers killed from that terrible, terrible ordeal that happened in Harlem. That ambush of the repeat offender who never should have been back out on the streets. And now we have crazy groups like Black Lives Matter chiming in and saying, after a shooting that took place in Washington, D.C., where, by the way, there have been so many shootings and murders there. Crime is skyrocketing in Washington. Uh, I used to live in D.C., and, you know, there's some tough areas there. And last year, they had 227 murders alone in Washington, D.C., many of them black on black crime. And you would think that the Black Lives Matter group would come out and say, okay, well, We have to do something to help the community. Uh Uh-uh, they don't care about that. They only come out and are condemning the police. When the Black Lives Matter met with Eric Adams and he said, look, I'm thinking about adding jobs. It's something he repeated actually this week about trying to get young people employed, to get them internships, paid internships, to get them off the street so they don't get involved in illegal activity. That sounds like a really beautiful, positive thing. Black Lives Matter didn't want to hear it. They only wanted to complain about him bringing back the plainclothes police unit. So it's like they have one agenda, and anything that looks like they are adding any form of police, they don't want. And then, after a shooting that took place in Washington, D.C., disgusting comments coming from Black Lives Matter this week saying that, you know what, look at the reaction tonight. Look at the tear press conferences, the proclamations of heroes coming soon. To me, it is just disgusting that Black Lives Matter capitalizes on such a horrible moment to come out and make a statement like that. It's just, it's shameful. And Black Lives Matter across the country should be ashamed of that. By the way, um, I also often read your comments on Twitter and social media. And I got a comment here from Sal, who sent in a tweet to me, at Rita Cosby. You can always follow me there, at Rita Cosby, and also at 77 Radio. Sal is asking, have any elected officials condemned the recent statements of Black Lives Matter in Washington, D.C.? And so far, we're not seeing that, but we are seeing a lot of people in the police organizations coming out, Sal. In fact, one of them, uh, the president of the Houston Police Officers Union, where there was an officer who was killed there this week, said that Black Lives Matter just cares about money. They don't care about black lives. And also the president of the National Fraternal Order of Police Patrick Yeoes came out and said that Black Lives Matter combined with this anti-rhetoric police rhetoric that's coming from groups like this, including also rogue prosecutors, are really what is fueling violence against law enforcement. And there have been so many attacks of late. And now we have two precious NYPD heroes who have lost their lives. But Black Lives Matter just is on this one trick pony. We can't have more cops, whether they're plain clothes, whether they're in uniform. It doesn't matter. We don't want more police. And in fact, after they met with Eric Adams, this was like just a few days after he was elected, they weren't happy that he talked about bringing back the anti, you know, clothes unit, the plain clothes unit, the anti-police crime unit that De Blasio got rid of, which he never should have gotten rid of. But this is Hawk Newsom from Black Lives Matter New York, and take a listen to what he was saying after he heard that Eric Adams was going to add some more officers. He wasn't happy about that.
0: When these plainclothes police officers come back into the streets with the mentality that they're going to eradicate crime, they're going to make a mistake, and they're going to kill someone. When that happens, there will be a repeat of George Floyd. it's, It's simple mathematics. It's not about Hawk making threats.
3: Oh, it is about Hawk making threats. And it's about a threat basically to the safety of New York City. Are you saying there's going to be more riots like we saw in 2020? Here's a little bit more of Hawk Newsom talking to WABC. Take a listen.
1: It's absolutely not a threat. It's just a bit of foreshadowing. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if he brings back the most violent unit in NYPD history, history will repeat itself.
3: And Hawk Newsom also said, here's some advice on how to have no repeat of those terrible riots of 2020.
1: We have a way to ensure that these riots never happen again. Let's take our time, sit back and come up with a plan that everybody has equity in so that we can avoid this.
3: What? So in other words, don't add police and cowtail to people like Black Lives Matter that clearly Just all they want to do is smear police. They never want to praise police. It is shameful. And Stacey Washington, she's a talk show host in Washington, D.C. After that tweet went out where they basically said, oh, cops aren't heroes, uh, this is what she had to say to all the people that were on the Black Lives Matter list. She said, it's a bunch of thugs. Take a listen.
11: I could go down the remainder of the list, but suffice it to say, in less than 20 minutes, I found every single name on their
3: list and all but one of them. There was one juvenile who we don't know what happened there because the person's a minor. There was one individual who obviously we don't know if the shooting was a clean shoot because of the investigation. All of the rest of the names on their list are people who were involved with the police with criminal activity or they were under suspicion of criminal activity because of domestic
11: violence calls or 911 calls. So while I don't say that we can't mourn the loss of those
3: individuals, it is appropriate in our society to honor people who give themselves to public service and inappropriately and unjustly lose their their lives in the course of their duties. Absolutely. And she's talking about domestic violence and repeat offenders. What about this guy, LaShawn McNeil, the 47-year-old guy who died recently? And remember, this is the guy who was down the end of that hallway who opened fire on police officers. And after they were shot, he continued to shoot at them. They were laying down, bleeding, and he continued to fire and apparently had a whole bunch more rounds In the bedroom, too, as well. He had another weapon, too, that was loaded for bear, too. And this is the kind of guy, when you look at his rap sheet, had more than half a dozen arrests, including assault on an officer, also other weapons charges. So, you know, what, you're going to honor this guy? Are you kidding me, Black Lives Matter? What, like, you're going to contest that these two cops, you know, who lost their lives, you're not going to call them heroes? That is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let us go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts about this. Go ahead. Hey, Stan, are you there?
13: I'm here. Can hey, Stan.
3: Hey, Stan. Yep, we got you there. How are you, Stan? Okay.
13: I want to talk about the financier you keep talking about. I forgot his name.
3: Uh, George Soros, who yes. funds now, the let, DAs. Let me explain to the
13: woman in Cincinnati who called. Uh... The people in Cincinnati, who, as she said, are conservative – by the way, he has the right to con- – I'm not a big fan of his – but he has a right to contribute any amount of money he wants to any candidate. It's a free right to do that. Yes, and he does. the key point is the people in Cincinnati voted for him. All they have to do, check his donor list, and if he's on it, then you don't vote for that guy. Secondly – where are the republicans in national campaign finance reform and local to stop campaigns giving people money the republicans are never against for campaign finance reform in local states why not do that? Well, let, and uh, the Stan, Republicans will never do it. They have no guts.
3: Let me let me go to to the Soros question because it's obviously more focused on what we're talking about here. Right. Um, I think, though, Stan, that people are waking up about George Soros's role because I think he has and, no role. Well, oh, you have a big role if you give somebody you bankroll he, he
13: doesn't elect Rita. Rita, he doesn't elect. The people, all they have to do, check the donor list. No,
3: but Stan, Stan, you're absolutely right. He doesn't elect. The people elect. But right, if somebody right. gives somebody a million dollars like he did to Alvin Bragg, like right. he did to Gascon, right. like he gave right. to these others, right. that helps with the campaign big time. I mean, they, some you know, you're especially a DA race. Normally, you absolutely. don't get that much money, you know, so suddenly you get a one million. Guess what? You can do ads everywhere. You can do this. Of you're course. right. At the end of, of the day, people vote. But don't you agree? That I think people are starting to wake up. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people, Stan, that happened, I think, with Alvin Bragg. For example, Alvin Bragg did a debate here, you know. And I remember after the debate, I thought, oh my gosh, if this guy gets elected, you know, this guy's going to be so soft on crime. You're right. He he. People elected him, but Absolutely. now, but there are a lot of people that are now coming out and going. Oh, I don't think I really realized what I was electing, and I didn't really know George Soros had money. So I think there has been a bit of a wake up call. Whereas I think next time they will look to see who gave them money, and and really, what is the message? I think the role of DAs has become so spotlighted what, what like about never before.
13: finance laws in the states. Reducing the amount you can contribute to anybody. Yeah, Mayors, no, you're right. Was,
3: like this, that goes back to all the you know the Citizens United case and all that. I know yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Republicans are
13: against about. it. Republicans are against No, it. but I, they I, they listen, it.
3: I agree with you. There should be some laws. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you, Stan, yeah, on that point. Absolutely. I'm agreeing with you. But then
13: you wouldn't have this guy around too much.
3: Well, but he'd still try to, I think, have an impact some way. He's got huge money, and when you have somebody who is clearly on a mission, and for some reason, Stan, I mean, now we know why. He has been laser focused on these DAs, and I think he has caused more damage to the American judicial system almost than anybody right now. Stan, thank you. I always love your calls, my friend. Thank you so, so much. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Norman, your thoughts. Go ahead.
12: Yeah. You know, hi, Rita. Um, when last we spoke, I was telling you I was going to go to Washington, D.C. to go to this big rally, which RFK Jr. was speaking. There right. was About 10,000 people showed up. Unfortunately, I didn't make it because coming out of the Amtrak station at 11 o'clock in the morning, there's a giant uh, homeless encampment right in front of the of the Amtrak station, uh, a schizophrenic homeless guy asked me for a cigarette I didn't have it I said no I walked 20 feet away from him and then he assaulted me he punched me in the back of my head oh my I goodness lying on the ground I broke my wrist and uh, then he punched me in the face and um screaming at me uh you said you were going to hit me you said you were going to hit me which is psychotic and, so uh, what?
3: How? How? First of all, are you okay? Most importantly, Norman, and and I what's your message day, about crime?
12: Yeah, I spent the day in uh, Howard University Hospital. Um, I might need surgery on my wrist. Uh, base. I don't know yet. Um, and my my arm is casted, and um, you know, it's just I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> it, Washington D.C. is out of control. I mean, it was the same day that this. You know, police officer was shot. And it's, isn't it a shame that this is our national capital? This it is. is. is our capital. It is. By the way, and, last and, time. And, and tourists and, are, yeah, I mean, what happened with that lady, uh, you know, who was thrown onto the tracks? That's what happened to me, essentially. A crazy person with a criminal record. I mean, he was arrested. I identified him. Now, how do you know he now, had a you criminal know, record? Uh, you or, you know, how do you know? know? Hopefully he'll stay in. But,
3: uh Cr- how you know, do you know, Norm? Norm, hang place on. I at the wrong time. Norm, how do you know he had a criminal record? Did you find out that he had a criminal record? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been, the cops kind
12: of told me, the Capital City cops kind of said, yeah, he's a regular player there. Oh,
3: my good. Well, Norm, thank goodness that you are okay. Um, and thank you for calling in. And um, I hope that you don't need surgery. My goodness. But you're right. It's a great example of just this random crime and the brazenness of these folks, who clearly, obviously, this guy was right in the you know eyesight of police. They're familiar with him. He's done it time and time again. Just like the guy who was pushing the woman in the subway. You know the the recent case of the guy who pushed the Michelle Go in the subway. People knew who he was. They said he's kind of a loony guy. He's been around there. Obviously, they've arrested him before. Same thing here. And then again, you look at these these people. Obviously, are troubled and have a lot of problems, but they are wreaking havoc on society. And we got to get tough we got to lock them up, give them help, but lock them up first, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I'll continue with your calls. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
1: Rita Cosby is on.
3: friends girl here on the Rita Cosby show. Well, we are talking about how important it is to appreciate our friends in the law enforcement and support them because, boy, is their tough job every, every turn. I mean, you think about it. I don't even know how to explain just the pressures that are on police officers across the country. We sadly lost today another hero here in New York, Officer Wilbert Mora, four-year veteran. He was with... Of course, Jason Rivera, who lost his life on Friday night and Wilbert Morris succumbed to his injury, shot in the head, uh, died just a few hours ago. And just really, really, you know, heartbreaking message coming from the New York City Police Commissioner saying Wilbert is a three times a hero for choosing a life of service, for sacrifice, his life to protect others. And this is happening to law enforcement across the country. The job is so difficult. Listen to Harris County, Texas constable there after he lost a deputy.
5: It's hard for me to express my reaction to it. Um, in 38 years of law enforcement, I've never seen the challenges that we are facing now. Um, and personally, I believe that we have a very short period of time here uh, in this country, in our state, in our counties, in our local communities to be able to take back what we have all loved, and that is the, the communities in which we live in.
3: And let's go to your calls, 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts about all of this. Hey, Mike, police are you offices,
4: there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, My prayers are for the police officers and, and their families, and may their uh, memories be eternal, and we'll see them again. But uh, if we're going to take back our country, uh, from uh, the hitmen of George Soros, we have to do what Florida, Arizona, and Texas did. Full carry. And that's the only way. And that's going to be their worst nightmare and uh, uh, allow people to defend their lives, their children, and their families. Because this is not going to get better. That is the only way. you got to fight fire with
3: fire. But, that, but now, Mike, way. then you're talking about the Wild West, New York turning well, into the Wild West. Is. That's what we're in now. This is worse than Wild West. At least the Wild West, they had
4: some kind of a uh, mercy. They showed a little mercy some of them. You know, even back in in the seventies, you know, people in the, in the city, they showed mercy even the bad guys. These they're cold blooded murderers. These 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 are cold blooded murderers. They know well, and they. Well, and and by doing. the
3: way, by the way, I, I mean, I hear you in terms of the the brazenness of the crimes that we're seeing are just so horrible. And and the cold heartedness, like you just said, it seems like there is such a sad lack of respect for police officers and lack of respect for average citizens. I mean, whether it's somebody who's just standing on the sidewalk, you know, or in the subway station getting pushed into the train, or uh, this guy who knows that two officers are coming for him and he opens fire. It's like this lack of respect. For the victims, whether they're citizens or whether they're police officers, you're right. These people are repeat offenders and they are cold-hearted killers. And that's why you got to throw the book at them. That's why it is so important, as you just talked about, going after the Soros types, because you got to get to the root of the problem. So these people fear being arrested or fear committing a crime, more importantly, because they go, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to serve the time. You know, right now, some of the time is a cakewalk. That can't happen. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, your thoughts real quick.
12: My God, Rita, you must have said Black Lives Matter about 200 times tonight. No, I probably
3: you... said it about 201, but go ahead. Yeah, I
12: mean, I mean, <laughs> for, for heaven's sakes, they're a concept. Are you going to give credence to a, a few thugs that are hiding behind a computer? Do you know how many people are in favor of Black Lives Matter? We just had a, a mayor that painted the, su- the sidewalk broke the law for that organization are you afraid to say the name al sharpton who do you think is
13: controlling this whole thing
3: yeah but by the way i agree with you that al sharpton is, is hanging out with these guys there is no question about it and you're right that black lives matter drawing that took place in front of the trump tower that was so outrageous and you're right remember that was the time where that the blue lives matter all that sign, they were going after the guy who was doing the Blue Lives Matter sign. But, oh, that Black Lives Matter sign, we got to paint it there. And remember, there was one in Washington, D.C., too. And it was happening during the riots and during these other problems. You're right. The few cannot wreak havoc for the good people for the rest of us.